0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Hello and welcome to the LDTRT podcast, a podcast helping you see where industry leaders and legends have started with a new direction and, well, done the right thing along the way. Today I'll be talking with Mike Anderson and asking specifically about Journey to Date and what the best and the worst things have been about it. My first ever boss was
2: an ex-army sergeant major. And I remember he said to me, Anderson, remember one thing. You're a name, a number and a percentage. He said, now if they all stack up, you're the most marvellous fucking bloke. And if they don't, you're the biggest <laughs> the world's ever seen. <laughs>
1: Mike, I also want to hear about what you're setting your sights on now and what problem in the world you're setting out to resolve. I'm Adam Hopkinson, the host of this podcast, the founder of LDTRT, Let's Do the Right Thing. For those of you who don't know us, we're a specialist consultancy set to transform business by delivering best practice and excellence in the world of digital media. We also have a passion for blockchain. We have a couple of thanks straight off the bat. Uh, it's been a delight working with Radio Works to get this project running and it would not have happened without them. So thank you very much. I have to also thank James Carey for the music. My brief of making it sound like Pantera was wisely scrapped and rewritten. And, of course, I have to thank you, Mike. Having spent 20 or so years in the run-up to now at board positions at media agencies and publishers, Mike is now currently head boy at Dot. Pleasure to have you today. Thank Thank you for coming. Perhaps we could start with Chelsea Apps factory, I mean eight years from launch to sale to three sided cube that's mm. pretty
2: terrific pace mm. got to be happy with that I'm not I, well actually I'm not sure it was fast enough actually. I think one of the the lessons is one of the proudest things is eight years you know that eight years of when you start in a room with an idea and three people um and a smartphone because let's go back to we are talking twenty ten um and following an instinct and the instinct is there's people queuing around the block to buy these devices and at that time steve jobs was on the front page of every newspaper right but actually what the business was 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 not there wasn't a business you know there wasn't a model to follow it was these things called smartphones um i mean can you can you remember when they were queuing people queued up outside the apple store to get a device I do yeah you and know? I
1: remember people selling spaces in the queues to other people once yes. you could disappear off Amazing. and then
2: they used to cheer you in and out the store if you bought one <laughs> yeah. Right, it was extraordinary <laughs> right. it was just extraordinary and I'd seen this go on I'd seen it go on in London I'd seen it going on in New York uh, and at that time I was working in publishing and we were all discussing what what do we do with this you know and uh what does it mean and you know um God, you know, these things called iPads had arrived and you know, people were starting to there was a book a bookstore and there was the early Amazon, and all this kind of stuff. So, um it was a it was a it was a fun period of kind of making it up as you go along. But following an instinct that there's a sort of in the same way, um if I go back to nineteen ninety nine with Metro, when we launched Metro, which I was involved in, um you know you could see that you know there was a sea of people reading this newspaper uh, on a tube there were moments where we used to stand over the drain in Waterloo station and you just knew that this sort of phenomenon had started. You'd never seen people mm. consuming media like that. And suddenly, you know, suddenly I'm standing in the street and people are staring at phones and bumping into each other and all that kind of thing. So that's when you kind of follow that instinct and think, well, that's a sort of modern-day Metro thing where everybody's doing this thing, you know, as a media moment. So do you, And you, then you trying still... to work out what, what, that, what that means as a business, you know, without really having never built an app or... Um, but having sort of been a media person who understood that, you know, get an audience, that's the most difficult thing. If you've got an audience, you've got a chance. If you just go work out how you're going to monetize it. And, and you, you,
1: you saw that in the same way as you saw Metro being everywhere and then suddenly on the phones, everybody had a phone in front of them at the beginning of their journey and, and you saw a way ahead of Well, there was no
2: content in those days, but you just saw... If you look today, people are walking up and down Tottenham Court Road staring at their phones. Absolutely. Right? Nobody talk to each
1: other anymore. No, yeah. no.
2: And so, you know, that, that's the engagement. That's the media engagement. And it still surprises me how, how long the runway still to go is. You know, it's still, it's still, it's high. It's 60 70% penetration of people accessing the web through mobiles or whatever it is, but there's still 30 40% to go, and you think, God, oh, truly everybody's doing it. I, I, you know. I
1: would have thought that it would have been pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah,
2: but it was still there's still quite a long way to go. Anyway, the point is about following instincts is what you know is is a good is as as proven to be quite a good thing, and you're looking for the social behaviour that then sort of creates you know the the opportunity so to speak. Well, what's next? Quite what we do in terms of you know from an advertising point of view mobile has be, has been uh more challenging formats are more difficult people engagement is more difficult um you know which is why i think actually the the winners in in mobile could be audio could be you know radio podcast this type of stuff where you know that's the pleasure you get when you kind of stop reading emails or doing chat the pleasure of listening to, you know, and right now we're in a, in a really interesting moment where audio is beginning to really take off. You're seeing the growth and success of all the radio companies. Um, and that's probably the, you know, what was then the metro moment in 99 is probably an audio moment now. If I look on the train, everybody, there's no newspaper, sadly, uh, everybody's listening or watching something on a, on a device. A year ago, who would, if, you'd said to, if I'd said to you in a conversation, uh, tell me, what podcasts are you listening to? What would you have said to me?
1: I wouldn't have been able to answer that. I would have been dabbling with various things, but I wasn't loyal to, to anything.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. And now you get people who are sort of loving telling you, a bit like box sets on yeah. Netflix or these other things, saying, oh, uh, you know, I've, I listened to uh, Peter Crouch. You know, and the BBC. So I think actually, funny enough, audio could be the winner, right, in terms of advertising on mobile because also their formats and commercials can play. Audio is a great way to communicate. Uh, and it's it's much more interesting than tiny little ads on the bottom that, you know, uh, and I did some work for a media client recently, the, 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 the irritation factor for consumers is incredibly high about ads interrupting them. Right? Um, and therefore, that, those formats are, are, are really challenging.
1: Yeah, no, I, no, I quite agree. I mean, I've always had a. I, I grew up in radio. I love it. I think it's a great media, mm. and I'm not just saying that because of where we are right now, which, by the way, is in Radio Works Studios. Mm-hmm. But I do. I think you're right. Absolutely, having a personal connection and an uninterrupted connection with the material that's being delivered to you—it's got to be driving value.
2: Yeah, it has.
1: If you were looking at the the state of digital audio at the minute, where would you be? Where would you be? Maybe looking to invest either your intention or
2: money. Content's definitely a place to invest, right? Um, what you've got is this really interesting collision going on between um, you know, the, the personalized, self-curated content of journalists. Layered behind that is an ever-growing power of uh, analytics and data uh, and an ability to research things to a deeper level, right? And then, of course, you've got this other thing that people talk about is, oh, it's a world of bots, and bots are going to produce all this sort of stuff. I think that the that there's the 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 right model, and I've seen a couple of these emerging, is the the interaction between humans and robots. Actually, is going to be quite important in how you play that out, and there's going to be a human requirement, so. If you're a journalist or a content producer, relax. There is a future. There is a job for you. It's not all going to be replaced by bots, but bots are certainly going to play a part. So I'll give you an example. What they bots really do is give volume of content and distribution of content. So I get an example. I was with a business the other day um, who are, 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 are definitely a rising star. Um, and they, so they, they get NHS data comes in at 10 o'clock, right? And uh, by 10.35, they had produced 535 stories from that data. Wow. Right. So, um, and they're, obviously they're developing how to do that in video, developing how to do that in audio, right? as well as, the, in this case, a printed word. So I, I think the hot space is... It gets called data journalism, and that's quite emotive data journalism because journalism in itself creates a whole set of feelings and emotions and independence and investigation and all those kind of things, right? But there's definitely in this data um, uh, uh, content game, watch the space. That, I think, is about to go ballistic, what
1: then happens when you've got two robots talking to each other in a studio? It goes wrong because you don't
2: have a human intervention. Good, there's a future for us. Yes, the, no, definitely. No, no, no. And there's countless examples of... <laughs> I was looking at this thing the other day of where the bots get it wrong, right? And in a world of fake news and, you know, wrong reporting and wrong essence, so you need that human intervention. You definitely need the human intervention. So I I, I think that it's a blend of those two things.
1: I love the, uh, the bots produced... Um, what was it? A Burger King ads with it tastes like bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's true. Fine if it's your chicken burger or your turkey burger, right? But it's uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's you know there are countless examples of that. But I think that's going to be the volume of content and the distribution points for that at pace, and the localization and the forensicness that you can go through is extraordinary. I mean, there's, there's this example they were they were showing was. Um, there's a vitamin D, uh, a lot of people know this, like Michael Caine's, not a lot of people know that. But there was a, uh, there's there's currently uh, about 300 people in the UK that are in hospital suffering from vitamin D deficiency. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And we're, just, we're saying this from an underground studio. Yes. Yeah. But here's a sort of an example of what they can do is they can see that NHS data, see that that's, That's interesting. Great, a lot of stories that they then can distribute to localized hubs and say, do you know that there's 12 people in Huddersfield in hospital with vitamin D deficiency? Well, what a great platform to say to your local boot store, get down here and take these, right? Because 12 other people in Huddersfield haven't had enough sun, right? I mean, that's a very small, but we were just playing around with these examples of And to be be able to do that with the forensicness of Huddersfield, Beaconsfield, you know, Glasgow, Edinburgh, you know, Linlithgow. Yeah. Is, you know, that level of hyper-local. And that's, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's not a read in a book, right? I've seen it. That's, uh, and audio is going to be able to do all that as well as video and text and everything else. So I think that's going to be fascinating. I love these things that, you know, I love that all of us like to sort of think, oh, imagine a world that does this, that, and the next thing. But when you get involved with something that is in the here and now, and you you know, no, no, that's just how behavior is, it's wonderfully exciting. How did you make the
1: leap from uh, Chelsea Apps to Dot? I I was watching uh, Layer Cake recently and Daniel Craig's unnamed protagonist in the film was told that the art of being a good businessman is to be a good middleman. Is that how you see Dot, bringing people together? Um,
2: Yeah, I think... I mean, it's fairly... You get better and better as you get older about assessing what you're good at and what you're bad at. Then you probably get more honest with yourself as well and so there are you know you find yourself in this place where you think okay what next and that's exciting on the one hand but you also think well let's not make a load of the mistakes that i've made in the past let's try and you know limit down those right and let's stick to uh things that i know right Uh, uh, or what are the assets that i own and you have to go through a kind of whiteboard session with yourself that says okay well i've got you know I've got a bunch of followers on social media. I've got uh, a network that uh, I remember one of my sales guys saying to me once, how is it you phone up and get these meetings and everything else? I said, it's 30 years of knocking around the media scene, right? I'm afraid it doesn't come any quicker, you know. Um, it's a lot of lunches and a lot of, di- of dinners and a lot of breakfast and a lot of chat. That, you know and then obviously the ability to build relationships and and so it's an asset you then own is your friendships and your network so that's one thing the second thing is that if I look for me personally I see I've got kind of two chunks of a career one was 20 years corporate career uh, you know proud to say I was on the board of associated newspapers at DMGT, on the board of uh, news uh, news Corp, uh, news, uh, news International. Uh, very few people have sat on the boards of both of those companies, so I've had a diverse and interesting look at a business at a board level. And then I've had the last eight nine years in what is startup and tech, right? So those are your assets. So I've got st- I've got a network, I've got media and tech, right? So what could I then do with those things? Um, and it also struck me that. Um, I saw lots of really cool things. You sit in a wee workspace, you see lots of really cool things. And often those things need to connect to bigger people, right? And At the same time, you know, the bigger guys are looking for the smart new thing. So somehow you've got to bring those worlds together. And it just struck me as that I could, you know, get a cup of tea with the big guy and say, I've seen this interesting little guy over here who's really cracked the code on something and there's a there's a great opportunity for a bit of a marriage there so that that that's my sort of thing and for the wee guy I'm saying you need distribution you need uh, uh, influence or you need money you need these other things well maybe I can help bring those two things together And, and so that just seemed an obvious thing and then the dot thing is a bit of fun Um, because it it made it very easy to explain, you know, so what does Dot do? Well, it joins them, right, people, products and services. It's a nice little elevator, it's very simple, and most people nod at me and go, oh, get that, thank you very much, and you think, well, okay, that's good, so we've got a product description, right? Yeah. We've got a kind of understanding of what it does, Um, and uh, we're up and running and we're getting on with it. Fantastic. And it's going well? Yeah, uh, it is, it, but it's a very. I mean, it's not. There are lots of people who are of my generation, many of whom I I, I see in our little West End office in West Street, where we all gather together called the <laughs> Ivy Club. <laughs> we like it there. And we call it the retirement home for media folk, right? <laughs> um, but we're all buzzing to do things, right? Because the other thing I've noticed is that all of us has got to fifty in this sort of day of more consciousness about health and fitness is that we're all shrinking and not drinking right so we're all fitter right and and we're full of energy and we're and we're thinking actually what the world could benefit from obviously we look at it from our lens is we've got experience that's what we've got to offer the industry right and then you've got and we've got energy right and with experience comes stories, right? And those stories aren't all about winning. There's quite a lot of losses in there, which are quite useful. Absolutely. That's where you learn.
1: I mean, if there are people who are listening and maybe thinking about going out on their own, is there anything that you would, you would guide them with, any piece of
2: advice that you maybe would maybe have liked to have heard along the way? Well, let me answer that in a slightly different way. When uh, uh, friends have come to me who have left corporate jobs and said, I'm going to do something on my own, the first thing I always look at is there's a significant recalibration that you have to go through, right? Around the infrastructure that's around you, the way that you have to think, the things that you have to do. You know, it's it's not just an intellectual exercise, it's a physical exercise, right? Yeah. You've got to, you know, boot up your computer, work out your, you know, IT system. Build the HR. You've got to sort out a bank. You've got to understand what VAT is, and all these kind of things, right? Now, fortunately, today through technology, a lot of these things are a lot easier, right? Other things you can do is you can go onto YouTube and watch videos that will tell you this is how you do it, right? Which is amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and you know, my generation probably think, "Oh, well, I didn't know you could do that," and you know that you know because I've been in amongst that. I've sort of seen that kind of thing. But the point is. It's not for everybody, right? And it's not easy. And I often think, you know, you you need you need time to recalibrate, and you need to have that flexibility. Uh, you know, and it, we can all get very excited about the freshest new idea. And most of people in media generally are enthusiasts anyway. So, we have to coach ourselves around, you know, I get enthusiastic about the thing that's is in it front of me. Yeah. Is it real? You know, and that's where having a network and going talking to and saying, look, as a mate, am I am I being a loon tuner or am I being real is always helpful because you've got mates who you know and trust will say, yeah, piss off, you're being an idiot or no, no, that's got legs. But anyway, it's this recalibration and it's not for everybody, right? Um, and then, of course, there are, there are stages that any business goes through. So it's one thing being the ideas person, right, and getting to the kind of first stage of getting it up and running, getting it going, right? But then there's the next challenge of how do we scale? How do we make this a bigger opportunity, right? So, you know, that's a challenge, hiring people, creating a culture, all those sorts of things. And then you go beyond that to the exit stage, Right. And there's very few, if you've come out of a corporate, you've no no experience of being three people in a room and no infrastructure. You've got probably a bit about hiring and, you know, culture and that kind of stuff that you can lean on. But when you get to the kind of how do I exit bit, well, you know, there's very few that are, you know... You can say to yourself, I'm going to launch this business. I'm going to, I'm going to sell it for a load of money. That's great. That's the helicopter, yep. right? But these are different stages, and all of these things require different skills and different know-how and nows and all that kind of stuff. And that not everybody's got that breadth of flexibility now. You, know, you can say, well, how do you manage that? You manage that by getting people around you who have done that. You know.' But we went through a period with Chelsea Apps. I remember we were going to float the business, You know, and 400 grand later with a bunch of experts I didn't know, I suddenly found myself sitting in a room saying, the only person who actually knows how this company works is me. And I'm surrounded by all these people. And now I've got a load of bills. And actually, at some point, I even looked at one of them and thought, you've no idea what my business is or what it does, but you're in this room and you're going to make a load of money. And I go, what am I doing? Right, because you're going, oh, well, I need some help and, you know, and, and and we didn't float the business you know and and so these are all things that are you know on the one hand you say to yourself well that goes in a category in life which is known as interesting and not to be repeated <laughs> right um but on the other hand uh you know those are the sort of things you're going to get yourself into and some of them are quite expensive <laughs> right um and so it's hard to find anyone who's had that you know been round the block that 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 many times you know um and i and some people are very good at doing that bit you know i had a competitor in the early days who sold his business within sort of two years of starting for a ton of money tens of millions of pounds but he knew how to sell a business i knew how to create and build one but he knew how to sell one and uh, actually he did at one point say why don't we get together and I said, no, no, I'm busy building my business. And when I look back and what he walked off with him, what I, did, I should have listened to him. Do you think it was always a, a deliberate pathway
1: that you'd set out on to be working for yourself and setting yourself up as a
2: consultant? No, I, I think that... Um, if I go back to news, leaving News Corp and setting up Chelsea Apps Factory, there were, there were a number of different factors. First of all, I'd had a personal tragedy, family my wife had died I was looking after my children and um, I needed to be around that more the second thing was that I thought well actually I've always been a bit of an what what today gets called an entrepreneur. right so I'd had the comfort of a large organization funding some of the madness <laughs> okay <laughs> fortunately most of them worked. there was a few that we don't talk about right but there's a good few that kind of did work you know um, Metro was a big success, you know. Um, son Bingo was a big success, you know. Metro Wines died on its arse, and I had a warehouse full of wine that eventually I drank through ten years later. But anyway, well done. <laughs> but there was a, there was a, you know, there was a whole bunch, there was a whole bunch of things that sort of didn't go right, and do, but a lot of stuff that did go well. And you think, okay, I've always been an entrepreneur. Maybe it's time to be an entrepreneur. And then the, I suppose the brave step is that. I work for an organization that if I turned around and said, Look, I, I I'm I'm going to leave would give me what I called the Cheerio check. Right. And that of course is working capital, right? So you think, Well that's quite nice. I can make this choice. I can say, Look, guys, I fancy doing this and they go, Okay, here's a bunch of money and thank you very much. Right. And so that's I was quite fortunate really. It wasn't a sad thing, it was a good thing, but you you need that leap, right? Yeah and i was talking with somebody today uh you know and said of course the problem with startups is you're always looking for money and that's true it's a constant churn it's a of, headache yeah yeah churn to raise money and everything else um but um so to you know so to, that that moment it was a sort of personal thing and a well why not i can have a go because i've got a bit of oxygen i've managed you know previous efforts those successes have brought me some oxygen to kind of have a go you know and um and, and then at every point you kind of go back and go well look look at yourself and go what do i do from here i've learned a load of stuff on on the chelsea apps journey the next thing which i'm very interested in is going to be you know uh, there's a load of good learning i got from that where you know i i can calibrate and hopefully deploy a bit smarter than i've done in the past is there anything in there
1: that you, you can share, like the, the most useful thing that you think you've learned along the way? Um, resilience.
2: Resilience? Yeah, you've got to have resilience. I think the uh, lovely expression I like is stay on the pitch, something interesting will happen, you know, and uh, I think that's true. You know, things bubble up, and I think the other thing is you've just got to be diligent and uh, work hard, and that's all part of staying on the pitch, you know. And don't be frightened to of rejection and you know, I mean there's a lot of things I could, you know, think about think about today that are still resonate with me. I mean, I, I started working the Scotsman in Edinburgh and you know and, and here's the funny thing is that when you got a job if you lived in Edinburgh and you got a job at The Scotsman, to put this into context today it was like getting a job at Google. It was like a big deal. Wow, I'm working for this amazing company called The Scotsman. They had this grand office that overlooked Princes Street in Edinburgh and was terribly, you know. And you, you could rock around town and people would sort of, you know, say, Oh, he works for The Scotsman, buy him a drink, you know. Sort of. Wow. It was like, <laughs> wow, well, you know. The reason I mention that is that they were, um, you, got, you got training, right? And one of the things that always stuck with me in that training, and that's sadly something a lot of... Of course, these startups can't afford it. No, it's quite an untrained workforce. I agree. There, there are very few organizations training people today to do the thing, especially in sales. It's it's unbelievable, right? I mean, uh, but anyway, just go back to the Scotsman days. I always remember one thing, when uh, and it stuck with me today, when somebody said, oh, that's an objection, right? So in other words, when somebody rejects you, or, you know, in a sales conversation. It's an objection. Remember that objections are only cries for more information. So I thought it was a brilliant line. And then, of course, um, things were really built on relationships, right? Building relationships, uh, comrade, and the industry had all that. The thing that worries me today is that, you know, when you say to... And a lot of sales organizations, you say to somebody, Oh, have you spoken to Adam? You know, they go, Yeah, yeah, I had a chat with him today. So, how did that go? He said, Oh, I sent him an email. Exactly, yeah. Right, that that to to me is extraordinary. That's not a conversation, right? That's not a relationship. Yeah. And uh, funny how these things go full cycle. I actually believe, and I might be old fashioned and you can shoot me down, that in the end, it will come back to that personal relationships and contacts, right? Will be the most valuable thing, not digital relationships. I agree completely. But if everything's moving to a platform,
1: digital, maybe even market-based mechanic, do you think that there's actually a place for people
2: in the industry? Um, Yeah, no. This is what I I would advocate. That in the end, it will come down to that. Because if you look at it right, the 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 dominant players in ad revenue, Google, Facebook, they make it brilliantly. Frictionless. Okay. You go on to a screen, you determine a target audience, you press a button, and it tells you, you know, that's the price for that number of people in that audience. Okay. And so, what's your relationship with Facebook? Your relationship with Facebook or Google is, um, oh, it's not working. Call support. Right. It's not. Can you just evaluate this and I'm considering some other options, reassure me. There's no, intera- there's no sales interaction, right? It's brilliantly frictionless, but it's also brilliantly impersonal and there's no and, – and the machine's telling you what the price is. There's no sales. Agree. Oh,
3: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: along the way what is perhaps the best piece of advice that you've been given I think I think for
2: anybody it's about that. that's should be quite a personal question and a personal answer right so um I remember um an ex boss saying to me two things um Two things about you," he said them. Um, "You got a very nice sense of humour, and it's disarming and lovely, and people love that. And stay creative, right? And I suppose that sort of thing. When you get a bit stressed and everything else, trying to find a bit of humour in those mm. things is is quite helpful to sort of release the stress. And then, funny as you're saying, I'm just thinking as well. I I remember the. Um, and this will sound terrible, but it was it was said in a very funny way, and I I enjoyed. My first ever boss was an ex army sergeant major. And uh, His name was John Moore. God bless him. And uh, we, I worked at the Scotsman, and I remember he said to me, uh, and I was a sales selling advertising, and he said Anderson, because that's how he spoke. You know, military. Yep, first name surname rather surname Anderson. <laughs> Just remember one thing. And we had this sort of target board on the wall with the number of centimeters we had to sell. You know. I think that was just post uh metrification by the way. <laughs> I think it was inches the week before, but anyway, centimeters. Right. And um and you know, you got your name, Anderson, two thousand centimeters, you know, and so far three hundred done in this sort of thing. Total manual process pre sales force. Right. And he said to me, Anderson, remember one thing. You're a name, a number, and a percentage. He said, now, if they all stack up, you're the most marvellous fucking bloke. He said, and if they don't, you're the biggest <laughs> the world's ever seen. <laughs> 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 but, you know, that is a truism, right? Of If yeah. you stand up and you want to be called... You know, that's the sort of thing, your name, number, percentage. You do all that, everybody loves you. And it's the same in startups or any business. It goes Absolutely. well, everybody loves it. doesn't go so well, it's tough. And you've got to have that resilience. There's yeah. resilience again. Do you think that would be the, the mantra
1: maybe that you, you've lived by along the way? Be uh, resilient.
2: Uh, I think that would be true on a personal and business level. That's probably true. But then, you know, lots of us. And I've got lots of friends who sadly have had many. I'm not, you're not the only person in the world to have had a tragedy. There's other, lots of people have them. and We all deal with them. And that resilience is, you know, in a lot of people. This business actually has resilient people. It's part of the sort of personality and makeup, I think, you know. Yeah.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in here. You, I've enjoyed it. You've got the best voice in the world ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we really do. Oh, Christ. We're going out for dinner. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to hear more, subscribe to the show
0: and why not leave us a nice review while you're there, as it helps others find us. Let's Do the Right Thing was devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson and was a Maple Street creative production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.